Good evening, Tree of Life Church. Welcome to Wednesday Night Bible Study. This is hopefully the last uh, online study that we'll be having, uh, and we'll be back to our regular scheduled uh, Wednesday nights. As you know, for the past month, the month of June, uh, we've not had electricity to our main building, and uh, we have been preparing the uh, annex for uh, us to be able to gather and uh, hold service on midweek, so we expect that that will be the case a week from uh, tonight. So we are looking forward to that. Thank you so much for joining us in these online Bible studies, and uh, we look forward to gathering together again on midweeks, but, but it will be at the Annex uh, uh, for the midweek uh, throughout the summer because we are still in that process of our main building uh, receiving the uh, work that needs to be done to prepare for the foundation of the new campus, the new worship center. And uh, so all of that is coming together really, really well, uh, but it is requiring over the next six to eight weeks, it is requiring some flexibility on our part, and I appreciate it so much. But we're going to look to the Word of the Lord tonight and uh, let Him feed our soul. And so I'll ask you to pray with me as we look to the Word of God and, and ask Him to just minister to us in Jesus' name. If you'll bow your heads with us. Lord, I thank you for this time we have to share your word, to look to your word. Your word is the lamp and the light for our lives. And we pray that you will minister to us, help us to grow, help us to draw near to you. We thank you, Lord, and we give you all praise and glory. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, wherever you are, amen. Amen. Tonight, we're going to continue our walk through the Bible, and we're going to be talking about the plagues of Egypt. The plagues of Egypt. Uh, we are uh, looking at the matter of Moses having been called by God to go back to Egypt. You have to know that Moses is about 80 years old. Uh, he has come through a lot in life. Um, he's, he's been called of God to go back to a place that he was afraid to ever go back to. But God is getting ready to bring about a promise that he had made to the patriarchs of Israel, which, that he, which is that he was going to give them a land that flowed with milk and with honey. And they now have been living in Egypt for, uh, for 400 years or so. And much of that time, they were in bondage. And Pharaoh rose up against the children of Israel because they began to multiply. That's what happens to God's people. God's people multiply. God's people are blessed. God's people are people who have the favor of God upon them. And that intimidates the enemy, and that intimidates those who do not want to be in covenant with the Lord. And so that's why sometimes the people of God do suffer persecution. It's nothing new, and it's not something that we are, are discouraged by because we know that the Lord is with us. And we know that the Lord will take us through whatever we need to go through. So we're going to look today at the plagues of Egypt because when God called Moses, he said, look, I'm going to send you back to Egypt. You're going to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. God said, they're my people. And, and you're going to tell them to let him go, let them go. As a matter of fact, he even said, tell Pharaoh to let my firstborn son go. Now that's important because at the end of these plagues, it's the firstborn 
child in the homes of the Egyptians who is targeted by the angel that brings death. And, and God says that Israel is his firstborn son, and he wants Israel out of Egypt. And Pharaoh hardens his heart. And so we look to the word of the Lord to, to understand these plagues. Now, it's important that you recognize, and we're going to concentrate on a couple of different ones. We, we will not go in-depth into each one of these, but each one does have a unique message, many messages in them. Uh, many times you can see the, the, uh, some foreshadowing, if you please, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some moments where you look at it and you think, oh, wow, that's definitely a reference to a good thing that's coming. Uh, and then, of course, there's also this interesting fact. Every plague that God brought upon the land of Egypt directly confronted a particular Egyptian deity. Egyptian deities, like many heathen nations, they were pantheons of false gods. And the Egyptians worshipped these false gods. They were, they were idolaters. The Egyptians were in those days. And so they, they worshipped, in, in, as a matter of idolatry, all of these various gods that they had created, that they had imagined to be gods. They, 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 again, the difference between Israel and other nations is that Israel doesn't create their god. Their god creates them. But other nations, they create their own gods. So the Egyptians had a number of different gods. Well, when you go through these plagues, each one of those plagues directly confront one of those false deities that the Egyptians had manufactured as one of their gods. Now, we're not going to go into an in-depth analysis of all of those deities because we're not here to glorify false gods. We're here to glorify God. So we're not going to take the time to go through all of those false deities. But understand that anytime God brought a plague, he was confronting, directly confronting an Egyptian deity. For instance, he was confronting the Lord of the flies when the flies plague came. There was a, god of, a goddess of frogs when he brought the frogs plague. There was a goddess and god of epidemics and pandemics when he brought the boils plague. And there was a, a god of the, of the a, a protector from locusts when he brought the locust plague. So every superstition that the Egyptians had, God directly confronted those superstitions and humbled the Egyptians in the face of those superstitions as they were trying to deal with the children of Israel. But let's start with the first plague. Actually, let's start with the first sign. It's interesting that Moses and Aaron walked into Pharaoh's court. The first sign that was shown was the staff being thrown down. It was the sign that God gave to Moses on Mount Horeb when he called him. We talked about that last week. And so that was the, one of the signs that God allowed Moses to show in the courtroom of Pharaoh. The Egyptian magicians manufactured that same sign, but their snakes... Their staffs that were turned into snakes were consumed by the rod of Aaron when he cast down his rod. And, and it was a superiority. It showed the superiority of God's people over the magic of the Egyptians. But it's interesting that the Egyptian magicians were able to duplicate this particular miracle. 
And it's important for us to note that because there are some things in the world that when you try to do something for God, the world begins to fight against you and say, anybody could do that. That's not a miracle. That's not a sign. That's not a testimony. That could have been anything. And that's oftentimes the attitude of the world. Keep persevering in your walk with God. I'm thankful Moses and Aaron didn't go running from that episode and say, they did what we did. What we have is nothing special. What we're capable of doing is nothing good or, or spectacular. No, it is very good. It is spectacular. But you have an enemy. You have an adversary. And he has spent a lot of time trying to duplicate the things of God so that he can lead people astray. But if you'll persevere, as Moses and Aaron did, then you're going to reach a point where the devil can't keep up with you. And that's exactly what happened in these plagues. The first plague that came upon Egypt through the ministry of Moses and Aaron was that water was turned to blood. Now, when the water was turned to blood in Exodus chapter 7, it's interesting because everything in the water died. Every living thing in the water died when the water was turned to blood. And it was, could you imagine turning on faucet and blood coming out? Not, not red stuff, not fruit punch, blood. It was, it was blood that would come out of pitchers and it, would, it flowed in the rivers and in the streams. And, and, and it, it, could you imagine some type of a horrible plague? where the water was turned to blood. Everything that was in the water, the moment that consistency changed from water to blood, everything in that, in that water died. Now, I see here a parallel to baptism in Jesus' name because truly, when you step down into the waters of baptism and are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you take upon yourself the blood of Jesus Christ. You know the blood, the blood that has the power to wash away every sin stain, the blood of Jesus, that precious flow, no other fount I know. So, so you go down into the water, and the water is chilly and cold, the old song says. It chilled this natural body of mine, but it didn't chill my soul. I go down into the water, and it's water when I get in there, but when they take me down into the water, in the name of Jesus Christ, and it's important how you're baptized. We're not to be baptized in any other name or formula than in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of sins. And when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that water turns to blood, if you please. And just like every living thing that was in the water of Egypt died, the same is true of the blood that covers my life. That, those waters of baptism serve as the way for me to be buried and receive that precious blood upon my life. And every living thing, every parasite, every bacterium, everything that should not be in my life, it dies. All the uncleanness, all the ungodliness, all of the un evil, all of the lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes. Doesn't mean you're never going to have another struggle or temptation, but it does mean those things don't have power over you because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So we see an example of baptism in Jesus' name. This was a 
a plague and it was a sign from the Lord. But interestingly enough, the Egyptian magicians were able to do the same thing. They were able to do the same thing. And, and so this, this again is a, a test of our faith. If what we're doing is so special, how is the world able to duplicate it? There'll be times you have those questions. Why does it look like other people are doing just as well? Why does it look like they have the same abilities as I have? Why does it look like they're making the same progress I'm making? When they don't even serve the Lord or they don't even believe in God. Just, just, just keep on the track that God has set out in his word and at some point you're gonna arrive at a place. You're gonna arrive at a place where it will be God and God alone and the, and the efforts of the enemy will not be able to keep up with you. The next plague was the plague of frogs. Frogs came up out of the water. They came up out of, out of the water and they filled the land of Egypt. They came out of the rivers, they came out of the ponds, they came out of the streams. Waters produced frogs in mass multiplication. And the frogs filled the land of Egypt and until Pharaoh was just desperate, entreat the Lord that the frogs would go away. Interestingly enough, the Egyptian magicians were able to bring frogs up out of the water as well. They were able to duplicate this particular sign. But when the frogs, when Moses entreated the Lord, the frogs died and the Bible says that there was a, uh, there was a foul odor that filled the land because of the frogs that had died. There was now the, the stench of, of the death of the frogs that filled the land. The next plague, the next wonder, the next sign was the sign of lice the plague of lice. The dust turned to lice. The dust turned to lice. Can you imagine that? How terrifying, how terrible that would be. But God was intent on bringing his people out of Egypt, and he was going to make it so miserable that Pharaoh would finally loosen his hold. This was a stronghold. This was a terrifying stronghold. And, and, and Pharaoh was holding on like a vice grip to these people. And I want you to know, when you're in bondage, you can expect the same kind of resistance from your adversary. But you can also expect the same kind of aggressiveness from the Lord who will fight your battles for you. Hang in there. Don't give up. Don't give up just because Pharaoh's heart is hardened. Don't give up just because the going gets tough. God is going to deliver you in the name of the Lord. You believe that tonight? Do you believe that? Amen. If you believe it, say amen. If you believe it, say in Jesus' name, I receive it. God wants to deliver his people. Do you know that the Egyptian magicians tried to turn dust into lice? And this is where they couldn't. It stopped. The Egyptian magicians could not turn the dust into lice. They could not make something that was dead come to life. They could do other things. They could, they could, they could somehow uh, uh, coax frog, frogs out of the water. And they could somehow turn water, make it into blood. But they could not turn dust into lice. And so they could not make something dead come to life. I want you to know that... The miracle of salvation is something that the devil cannot duplicate. 
There are many things that the devil can do to try to convince people that his way is the right path. But the thing he cannot do, he cannot bring what was dead to everlasting life. He cannot bring something from dust to lice. And the Bible says that when the Egyptian magicians could not do this, Pharaoh inquired of them, why can't you do this? What's wrong with you? And their response was, we can't do this because this is the finger of God. This is the finger of God. And so the finger of God, when the finger of God is at work, the enemy cannot duplicate it. He can try, he can try to keep up, but at some point he's going to be left in the dust. No pun intended. He's going to be left in the dust. Amen. The dust turned into lice, but he was left in the dust. And so we look at this and understand that, that God is on the warpath to deliver his people, and he's going to do a work and hang in there no matter what the enemy tries to do. The next plague was the plague of flies, the plague of flies. And this plague of, uh, of flies is the moment when God made a separation from Egypt and Israel. This is the moment where God carved out a place and said, I'm going to make Goshen a place where Israel can be, where the people of God can be, and not be affected by these plagues. And those flies swarmed. They swarmed Egypt. And, and, and from this point forward, the children of Israel were separated, and now God was showing the Egyptians, look, the plague has come upon you, but it has not come upon my people. The plague has come upon Egypt, but it has not come upon Goshen. Do you see what God was doing? God was delivering his people, yes, but he was also testifying to Egypt. God, through the hardship of these plagues, was trying to show Egypt, hey, your superstitions are worthless. Hey, all of your faith and false gods, they've come to naught. Look at the Lord. Look at the ways of God. This is what he said to the prophet Elijah. Let the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And he was doing this with the, with the children of Egypt, or with the Egyptians, showing the difference between the Egyptians and the children of Israel. The next plague was a disease of cattle. It was a disease that, that came upon the cattle. But again, it came upon the cattle of the Egyptians. It did not come upon the cattle of the Israelites. There was, there was no disease upon the cattle of the Israelites. The same with boils. The boils that, that sprang up, the next plague, the sixth plague, was a plague of boils that, that, that spread through the land of Egypt and it emerged on their bodies and it was something that they, they could not receive any relief from. And it was one person after another who came in contact with this. It was an epidemic. It was a pandemic, if you please, that affected the Egyptian people, but the children of Israel were separated from it. Can I tell you that this is one of the reasons why it is so important that we live a separated life unto the Lord? Many people hear that word, separate unto the Lord, or separate from the world, come out from among them and be you separate. And they think somebody's trying to somehow rob them of, of fun, rob them of a good time. But you gotta understand, separation from the world and separation unto the Lord, it's not just separation from worldly pleasure 
which is no pleasure at all because it only lasts for a season and then it ends with a thud of hardship. It's no pleasure at all. But, but, but separation is not just separation from worldly pleasure. It's separation from worldly sorrow. Praise God. Thank God for separation. Separated unto the Lord. Now, we don't mean isolation to where you have no influence, to where you can't let your light shine, to where you to where you aren't able to let your testimony be known. No, 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 not isolation, separation, to where it can be seen. Two paths were clearly chosen. One path led to this particular result, and another path led to this particular result. God says, I've set before you life and death. Choose life. Choose life, regardless of what the rest of the world decides to do. Which side are you going to be on? Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the report of this world, the gods of this world that, are, that God is confronting and confounding, or are you going to believe the report of the Lord? Are you going to walk with God? Are you going to walk the narrow way that leads to life everlasting or the broad way that leads to certain destruction? Amen. So these boils that, that, that came forth, this was sickness in their body. It was sickness on their cattle's body. Then the next thing is seven. Number seven, hail. Hail comes from the heavens. But do you know the Bible says that in Goshen there was no hail? There was no hail in Goshen? I'm going to tell you something. When you walk with God, yeah, you're going to experience some hardship, Water might turn to blood. There might be frogs. There might be some dust turned to lice and some flies. But there's going to come a point where you emerge into the glory of his, of being set apart for his purpose and for his plan and for his holiness. And, and, and you will be spared certain consequences that come from choosing a certain path. And you don't look down at anybody. But I'm going to tell you something. If you want to, if you want to, to, to decide today to live for the Lord, you need to make that decision, my friend. That's an important decision to make. So many of our struggles and so many of our challenges come as a result of us choosing not to serve the Lord. I want to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. There's so, so much peace. It, doesn't mean, it does not mean that there's no hard times. There are hard times. The rain falls on the just and on the unjust. But the just have an umbrella, if you please. You have a covering. You have a, you have a, 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 a relationship with God. You have a peace that passes understanding. There's a comfort that comes from the Holy Ghost. I've heard the saints of God say for years, I don't know what I would do without the Lord. I've heard them say, I don't know how people who don't have God, how they can even cope because the Lord is our refuge. He is our shelter. He is our fortress. And when we do come upon hard times, we run to that strong tower. And how many can be a witness that he was there for you in the time of need, that he delivered you, that he protected you, that he gave you the peace and the joy that you needed? Oh, hallelujah. And so the hail did not even come to the land of Goshen. Same with the locusts. The locusts descended upon the land of Egypt. That was the eighth plague. And it consumed their crops. 
Do you know that the locusts come in upon the, the crops of those who have not surrendered their all to God? When you don't surrender it all to God, and when you don't sanctify, sanctify what you have earned by giving God the first fruits in tithe and offering, there is a locust effect that can take place in a person's life where what they have becomes consumed by greed. It comes, becomes consumed by materialism. It becomes consumed by addictive lifestyles. It becomes consumed. This is why there are some people who make millions of dollars in their life and squander it just as quickly as they made it because, because the locust, they've, got, they've given access to the locust. They're living on the side, spiritually speaking, on the side of the Egyptian equation. The next thing that came upon the land of Egypt was darkness. Darkness came upon the land of Egypt. But it's interesting that where the children of Israel dwelled, there was no darkness. It was light. Where the children of Israel dwelt, it was light. But where the, where the Egyptians dwelt, it was darkness. Now, the children of Israel represent the people of God. And in the book of Exodus, the Egyptians represented the people of the world. So which side are you going to be on? Are you going to be one of God's chosen people? Are you going to determine, hey, God called me, I'm going to answer? And let me tell you something. God calls each and every one of us, everyone out there, everyone who hears this, God is calling you. The Bible says, the Bible says that it is not the Lord's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord said this. He said, come unto me, all you that are, are, are labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You don't have to have some special pedigree. Just come on over to the Lord's side. Hallelujah. While darkness covers this earth, there's light in the camp of God's people. Over the last year and a half, there was a great darkness that spread across our land. We all saw it. But isn't it amazing that in serving the Lord, there was a glorious light. In serving the Lord, there was a, there was a precious peace. Even in times of uncertainty, we would lift our hands and praise the Lord. And lo and behold, the light would shine from heaven. Lo and behold, God would be with us every step of the way. Praise God. Light shines in the darkness and the darkness comprehends it not. It's the beautiful thing about serving the Lord. Finally, the final plague, and this was the plague. I, I should say, I should say that before the final plague, Pharaoh came to Moses and said, listen, I'll let your people go. I'm going to let them go. But you have to leave your cattle here. You have to leave your belongings here. And, and, and Moses said, no, wait a minute. That's not real deliverance. That's not real deliverance to have to leave our, our cattle behind or our children behind or our belongings behind, things we've worked for. That's not real deliverance. That's, that's a different kind of bondage. Do you know that the devil will offer you a generic version of liberty? He'll, he'll, he'll offer you a generic version of being freed from your bondage and say, I'll let you be free but you can't have any joy. I'll let you be free, but you can't have peace of mind. If you're living with that kind of a negotiation with the enemy, 
where you accepted some form of freedom, but you still have no peace, have no joy. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. You have to have freedom in Christ. You have to have liberty that comes from God. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Pharaoh's heart hardened again. After each of these plagues, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And Moses was saying, look, don't try to trick me anymore. Pharaoh would humble down, say, I'll let them go. And then as soon as God would lift the plague, Pharaoh would harden, have his heart hardened again, and he would reinstitute the, the bondage. Now, you got to understand, before these plagues started, Moses, God didn't just start with plagues. Moses came to Pharaoh and said, let God's people go. God's going to bring his people out of Egypt. Pharaoh would not. In fact, he made it harder. He began to impose greater restrictions. He began to impose greater uh, hardship upon them. And so that's when the plagues began, is when Pharaoh was so hard in his heart and would not let the people of God go until it went through water turning to blood, it went through frogs coming up out of the water, dust being turned to lice, swarms of flies, a mysterious disease upon their cattle, boils breaking out on their skin, hail uh, pouring down from the heavens, uh, hail that was, that was terribly devastating, locusts that devastated their crops, everything they worked for, darkness, and the darkness was so bad that they could not see their hand in front of their face and they could not see one another. The Bible says they could not see one another. It wasn't the kind of darkness where, oh, it's nighttime, but your eyes adjust to it and everything's cool. The moonlight and the starlight kind of make, no, no, no. It was a darkness so thick that they literally could be standing next to someone and not know that that person was standing there. And I want you to know that is the darkness of this world. That our, 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 our world is filled with people who look at one another and don't know what or who they're looking at because they are blinded. They are in darkness. And they, that's, why, that's why there's so much hate, because there's so much darkness. That's why there's so much anger and hostility and, and so, much, so much treachery because people are blind to what is true and what is right. But in the camp of God's people, Hallelujah. Where the righteous dwell, there is light. And that's where you need to dwell today. Come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith the Lord. Stand in Goshen. Live in Goshen. Live in the land of the righteous. Praise the Lord. And you'll have light and no locusts. Light and no hail. Light and no boils. Light and no mysterious sickness upon the cattle. The final plague was was clearly the, the, the worst of all. And it was the backbreaker. It was the one that where Pharaoh finally just said, you know what, take everything and leave. Get out of here and leave. And all of Egypt, the Bible says that Egypt was urgent upon the people to leave in haste. All of Egypt wanted Israel out of Egypt because of this final plague. And it was this, the angel was going to come through the camp of the Egyptians. The Bible said he was going to pass through, he was going to pass through the land of Egypt. And the firstborn of every home was going to be killed. Going to be killed. And the Lord said to Moses, take the lamb in your house and slay the lamb 
and eat the meat and, and share it. If, you're, if your household is too little for the lamb, if you've got leftovers, take it to your neighbor and let them eat. And then he said, and take the blood of that lamb and paint the blood of that lamb upon the doorposts of your home. Hallelujah. And notice what he said. He said, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's where the term Passover comes from. It is referring to that night. And before the lamb got involved, it was not a Passover. It was a pass-through. The blood of the lamb turned the pass-through into a Passover. And it was all signifying the death of Jesus Christ upon the cross. It was all signifying the blood of the lamb that John the Baptist rightly said and prophetically said will take away the sins of the world. That's the blood that we paint upon the doorpost of our home, the blood of Jesus Christ. And that eternal death that sweeps through our world today, that eternal death has no power over someone who has the blood of Jesus Christ painted over the doorpost of their home. What an amazing testimony that is. And, the, and every home who had the blood of the lamb painted over the doorpost of their home, the firstborn of those houses lived. And every home that did not have the blood of the lamb painted across the doorpost of their home, the firstborn of those houses, they died. This is the sad tragedy of those who do not put their faith in the lamb of God, who is Jesus Christ. There is a place called hell. There is an eternal damnation, and there is eternal life. He sets before us life and death, therefore choose life. Praise God. It is interesting to me that the first and the last plagues of Egypt involve the blood because it is the blood. It is the blood of the Lamb of God that will carry us through everything that comes upon this world, and it is the blood of Jesus Christ that will protect us from the wrath of God, don't you know? That when we stand before the Lord in judgment, it's not going to be how good you were and how excellent you were and how much willpower you had and how much better you were than, your, than someone else or how many gifts or talents or abilities you had. The thing that's going to save you is the blood because that blood identifies you with Jesus Christ, and it is Jesus Christ who has earned the favor of God. God manifest in flesh, the everlasting Father who became the only begotten Son of God, earning the salvation that we could not and cannot earn for ourselves. He gained it, and He gives it to us when we repent of our sins, are baptized in His name and filled with His Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to know that the world you're living in, plagues are coming, and we've seen them already unfold, and it's a sad thing to see. But put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hold the God's unchanging hand. Hallelujah. Build your hopes on things eternal. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. And when it's all said and done, you're going to come out of Egypt victorious. You're going to come out of bondage with liberty. 
You're going to come out of this place that has been devastating in so many ways, and you're going to live victoriously in the land of promise that God has for his people. Oh, hallelujah. The plagues, the plagues have no power over God's people. And when they come, put your faith in God. If you have not, if you have not repented of your sins, if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, God wants, to, wants you to make that choice today, to repent of your sins. Repentance is not just feeling bad for what you've done. Repentance is turning from your sins. Being baptized in Jesus' name puts you in the name of Jesus, puts you in the person of Jesus, puts you in the body of Jesus. Hallelujah. And, and gives you access to that precious blood. And being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, that's the promise that is unto you and to your children. Hallelujah. That is the being born of the Spirit. That's being born again, being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. God wants to do that for you and deliver you not only from the plagues, but deliver you from the bondage of Egypt, ultimately. He's going to give you freedom, freedom, freedom. Hallelujah. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There's a land of promise for you. There's a land of promise for your family. Don't get stuck in Egypt. Live in Goshen. Be separated unto the Lord, and let God give you the deliverance that you seek in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your word. I thank you for every person that is tuning in today. I thank you for the power of your word. And I pray in Jesus' name that your word would have free course. Help us in the name of the Lord to receive the word of life. God, we give you the praise and the glory for it. For only you are worthy of the praise. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And the church said, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you on Sunday at Grace Point at 11 a.m. with Pastor Joe Sizemore. We're going to have a great time in the Holy Ghost. And uh, Lord willing, and we're believing that we'll be back together for a midweek Bible study a week from tonight. God bless you in Jesus' name. Have a wonderful evening.